Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Episode 266, Sustainable Minimalism and Frugality with Stephanie Safirian. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Welcome to Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are chatting with someone who I feel is like a kindred spirit. Mm -hmm. It's like... The trinity of frugality, sustainability, minimals. It's our it's our tri- it's our podcast trinity almost. I don't wow. know if that's like sacrilegious. Yeah. If that's blasphemous. Yeah. Probably. I, yeah. It's okay. I will I will suffer the consequences later. <laughs> yeah. But I really do feel like these three things are just like it. And so we talk about frugality mostly. And Stephanie talks about sustainability and minimalism, mm-hmm. and the the conversation is dynamic. Well, frugality can intersect with so many. It does intersect with so many things. It's partly why we're able to do on a podcast on it for over four years. Mm-hmm. Everyone always asks us, are you going to run out of content? Nope. Nope. Because there's plenty to talk about, including sustainability and minimalism. And this is these are two things that I think the convergence is really beautiful. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, they they cross paths. Frugality crosses paths with something else. But there's just a really good, like you're saying, merriment and partnership. Yeah. Gr- clasping of hands together. I'm not going to so, go so far as to call it the Trinity. I'm so, so sorry. If you send hate mail, send it to Jen. Uh, at Jen at frugalfriendspodcast.com. <laughs> I'll read it too, though. I mean, I'll be here for it. I'll have it forwarded to you. Yeah. So we're excited to get into the content with Stephanie. But before that, this episode is sponsored by Managing. Sounds cool when it's part of your job title, but a little desperate when it's a response to, hey, how's it going? Wherever you find yourself, whether being a boss and managing all the things or just managing to get by, we're glad you're here. And if managing is something you're into, you can manage your money well by putting some of that cash into a high-yield savings account like the one at CIT Bank. They are currently offering 3.25% APY. Honestly, it keeps climbing. We keep needing to update our outline because it keeps increasing, which is great news for us. So head on over to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CIT. Open that high yield savings account and and manage. Start managing. Start managing. I'm 
definitely managing. I'm not sure if it's the business or my life. (laughs) Probably both. Glad you're here. Thank you. So if you are as interested in sustainability and minimalism as we are, we have a ton of episodes for you to listen to. Um, Probably the two most recent ones are episode 199, How Minimalism Can Change Your Life and Finances. And then we've got episode 109, How to Maintain a Minimalist Lifestyle. And then like every April, we try to do something on sustainability. So check back to our April archives, whatever numbers those are. (laughs) Yeah. And we have such a love. We did a zero waste challenge Mm -hmm. in the Frugal Friends Club back in April. That was awesome. Oh, that one was so good. And uh, we've done several kind of like minimalism, decluttering, simplifying uh, challenges in there. And they're just always a huge hit because these things are so essential to managing money. Like mm-hmm. their m- money can feel so overwhelming especially when you're spending on like a lot of little transactions. So being able to simplify a lot of other places can allow you to hone in on this one seemingly big overwhelming scary place. Mm-hmm. So that it is all aligned. Well, and it's fun too when it can align with a lifestyle that's really appealing. Yeah. I think that's what this is, is we're not just talking about how to manage money. It's what kind of lifestyle could we aim at, could mm-hmm. we aspire towards that is a really great combination of all of these things that sounds pleasant to a lot of us. I think that's why there's such an interest in these types of topics is it just sounds really pleasant and peaceful Mm. and a great lifestyle to find how it works in our own individualized way. But there's so many beautiful parts to what we're about to talk about with Stephanie. Absolutely. So Stephanie is a former teacher turned full-time podcast host. Teachers make the best podcast hosts. They do. Um, And her podcast is called The Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. Uh, She's the author of Sustainable Minimalism and loves running, fiction, has bees. She's just like the icon. So without further ado, let's share Stephanie with you. Yes. Stephanie, welcome to the Frugal Friends podcast. This is just a this is amazing, beautiful synergy between our shows, and I'm so happy. It feels feels like welcoming just an old friend to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am absolutely so thrilled to be here. I've been thinking about it for days. I can't wait to chat with you both. <laughs> We were just chatting before we hit record that our audience loves to talk about the intersection of frugality and sustainability and minimalism. And I think there's there's no exact one right formula. So getting a variety of perspectives on that is so important. So I'm also glad to have you here and learn from you today. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely. All right. So let's dive in. So what led you to choose both to prioritize both like a minimalist and sustainable lifestyle? Because it's so it feels really rare. People kind of find their camp and they sit in it. Um, So what led you to choose both? Yes, this is always the first question I tend to get. It's very confusing for some people, but for me, it was really just an aha moment. I didn't care about 
sustainability. I wasn't a minimalist. And then I became a mom and everything changed really darn quick. My husband and I and our three pets and our infant were living in a 850 square foot apartment and we were being squeezed out by all my baby's new things. She was gifted, you know, toys up the wazoo. I would guess maybe dozens, if not a hundred frilly, beautiful infant dresses, have loving family and friends, but the stuff was just crowding us out. So I decided, you know, what's this minimalist thing? Let's let's try that. Let's try decluttering. And I decluttered her stuff, of course, because it's way easier to declutter <laughs> baby stuff than your own stuff. But there was just a moment in which I was quite literally looming over a pile of items that were great. They were perfectly fine, but we didn't need them. We didn't use them. We didn't love them. Somebody in my life spent their hard-earned money on these items. And I just had a moment of, oh my goodness, where is this stuff going to go? It, I could give it away. I could donate it. I could try and sell stuff. But ultimately, all this excess is going to a landfill at the end of its life. And that was just a moment for me that opened the door to, well, what is the true cost of overconsumption? I mean, the, the true cost, in my view, is more than the price tag. It's also, you know, what resources we're taking from the planet to create the item. It's in the afterlife concerns as to what happens to these things uh, when they do go to their final resting place, which is almost always the landfill. And so for me, sustainability and minimalism and frugality all complement each other. They're, they're sisters almost because they're all rooted in reduction, reducing mm -hmm. the amount you bring home so that you can live better with less. It sounds like there was such a convergence for you in that in that one kind of aha moment that you're describing where it wasn't just one thing, which I think we can all resonate with. It's not just this one thing that leads us to say, let's change something, but multiple layers of it between how can we live well within the space that we have with this new human being in our home, with the the lifestyle that we want in a way that feels good to us and what's going to happen down the road to all of these things. Like there's so many pieces coming together that are pointing to hey, there could be a better way that isn't me just buying more storage bins so I can look more organized. Yeah, we always tend to think that the solution lies in a thing, something that a corporation, mm -hmm. you know, markets and sells to us. And oh, if we just had this organizational bin or oh, if we only had this new outfit, all our lives would be better. Our problems would be solved. But I mean, I'm sure you and your listeners know, and I learned as well through the process of decluttering and really sitting with what is a want versus what is a need. I've learned that there's nothing a corporation can sell me that I can buy that's um, going to be the magic pill, right? It mm -hmm. starts It starts within. It doesn't start ex externally. Yeah, that is mass. That head shift is massive. There is nothing anyone can sell you that you can buy. There's no thing that's going to solve the bigger problem. And that is literally, that's all we're being sold every day on social media, on TV, on YouTube. Like It's always 
you've tried this and you've bought this and it hasn't worked. So this other thing you can buy will be the solution. And it's, it never is. It never is. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side of that, I think sometimes we can look at these concepts of minimalism and sustainability and the way they've been marketed to us and kind of sold to us and think, well, that's an expensive lifestyle. Sometimes the the individual product costs of those things can seem like more money, like this is going to be more expensive to live this way, to buy the products that are touting sustainability, being eco-friendly, all of those things. And I do love how you're describing the the true cost of consumerism. But what would you say, Stephanie, to this idea of just on a more micro level within my home? Okay, yeah, I don't want as much stuff and I want to push back on consumerism. But some of the individual product costs seem really high. Minimalism and sustainability seem to be expensive to me. How have you seen in your own lifestyle this save you money? So awesome question. And I will say that absolutely eco-friendly living does have an elitist reputation. And that is largely due in part to the fact that the quote unquote eco-friendly options on the market are more expensive. Eco-friendly is a marketing term these days because corporations know that there is a subset of consumers that will spend more for the eco-friendly product. I think about cars, right? Uh, maybe you need a new car and you're looking at the hybrid option or the electric vehicle over the conventional gas guzzler. Well, you know, a hybrid car is about $4,500 on average more expensive than the conventional car. And so while yes, in the long run, you will likely save an awful lot of money depending on gas price fluctuations, that $4,600 on the outset prices a lot of people out. And it's the same way. I mean, you can do this with anything. Food, if you go buy all your groceries at the health food store, you're going to be spending an awful lot more money than if you go to the cheaper place down the street, right? And so I hear all that, but I do believe that if you dig a little bit deeper, if we all dig a little bit deeper, it's apparent that sustainable minimalism, frugality, these lifestyles are rooted in not buying the new eco-friendly it item, but instead in buying less, borrowing more, relying on your own skill set to make what you need. I mean, these are not glamorous by any means. The glamour lies in buying the new it item, but these lifestyles are really rooted in going back to basics, not buying, not buying saves you money. End of at almost all the time. <laughs> End of episode. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't save money if you spent money. You might have gotten a coupon, but you still spent money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I love that bar- the borrowing concept woven into there as well. Buying less, borrowing, back to basics. These B words, that's, they're really mm-hmm. crushing it today. <laughs> yeah. Our friend, our friend Joseph has a pressure washer that he has been looking to i mean he bought it with the hopes that other people would borrow it from him too and so all the time whenever there's this conversation about borrowing he always brings up his pressure washer and somebody asked to borrow a pressure washer 
It um, finally happened for it Joseph. It finally <laughs> happened. Actually, I think he he might be out of he was out of town when they asked. And so it's just the perfect timing. <laughs> he might be back in town when they need it, but it was it was perfect. But yeah, so having that flexibility too of of when you can use these things and and I think it comes down to like building relationships with your community so that you can borrow items and and you can pass around stuff like I'm pregnant right now and all of my friends that just had a baby are like, can I pawn off my maternity clothes and infant things on you? And so it's like, it's building that community where you can share. And I think that's, that's one of like the beautiful things about sustainability is that, yeah, you can't buy your way to green. It does evolve a little like relational capital instead of financial. Yeah. And just thinking about that there, going beyond borrowing, talking about giving away. I live in a community with, we don't call it a buy nothing group. We call it a curb alert, but there's something so powerful about giving away your perfectly good items that no longer serve a purpose for you and giving them to somebody else who could use the item, extend the life of the item. That is just so anti-consumerist, isn't it? I mean, the corporations (laughs) do not get a cut when when we help each other out, when we're community minded Mm -hmm. in that regard. I love it. (laughs) I love not helping a corporation out because the only language they speak is money. Mm -hmm. And there was a study, not a study, but there's a lot of fast fashion companies that are doing more of the bring in your old denim or bring in your old stuff and we'll like resell it. But, but they are still producing more newer garments. Like it's not, it's, it's a marketing ploy. It hasn't, brought down the number of garments they're pumping out. It's only to get you into their store. And so it's so manipulative on some fronts. Um, I think we're headed in the right direction, but like right now we're at this time where it can be like super manipulative. And and the more you play into it, the more you're telling them that that manipulation is okay. And the more, the less you you buy from them the they'll hear like oh okay they're not falling for it let's uh let's actually be more sustainable <laughs> yeah so for aspiring sustainable minimalists a lot of them and i know i i've seen this a lot like they find themselves in this endless hamster wheel of like buying decluttering filling in the gaps purging again and and trying to like live sustainable all all throughout not just you know be like the home edit where you just like find cute places to put all your stuff and buy new stuff to do it um so like what are the first realistic steps that you chose to live more minimalist and sustainably so if you follow any minimalist influencers you know the big ones i don't even have to name them but the end goal seems to always be the tidy home, right? The mm-hmm. bare counters, the white walls, the pristine living space. And I do believe that decluttering is super important towards sustainable minimalism, but not for the same reason. The end goal is not a tidy home. The end goal of decluttering is to for you to have that aha moment where you're looking at all your stuff that you spent money on, shouldn't have bought, didn't need, wasted money on, wasted planetary resources on, and sit with that quite uncomfortable feeling, to be honest, of 
oh my goodness, <laughs> this is what a want is and this is what a need is. And for many of us, we do have to declutter our homes to realize that. I, I know I did. And so I, I do believe that decluttering has a purpose, but the purpose is to really understand, get that understanding on a bone deep level that the stuff we brought into our homes never holds up to the promises that we are told they will. They it's, and you know, there's a, there's wants, there's needs. And the reality is that today's it item is tomorrow's clutter. So it starts always with buying less. It's not about decluttering your home and then going to Crate and Barrel or Pottery Barn or wherever you like to get your decor and filling it up with new vases and candles. That's not mm -hmm. sustainable minimalism. So if you want to talk about, you know, where to declutter or where to start being sustainable, I'm happy to give you some tips. But that's my always my first thing is, yes, decluttering is important, but it's not so you have a tidy home. A tidy home is a secondary benefit. I love what you're describing here and probably mm -hmm. pun intended <laughs> when we get down to that root cause, that's what creates sustainability and longevity in this lifestyle of sustainability and minimalism and kind of aiming in that direction because otherwise we're just kind of engaging with it on a surface level to achieve whatever Instagram is selling us about minimalism just so it can look really cool versus having that more internal intrinsic motivation. And I feel like what you're describing, Stephanie, is getting more at the emotions and the thoughts and kind of the deeper roots behind the lifestyle that we're living and the values that we have and how we want to get after it. Because if I've been able to connect on a deeper level with, man, this is this is not how I want to do life. I feel cluttered in my mind. I feel cluttered in my body. I feel cluttered in my space. And that is doing no good for the planet, for my community, for my home, for my health then we can make shifts that actually sustain themselves when it's mm -hmm. connected deeper than, oh, it just looks really cool. I like how this looks. Yes. Going back to, I think I touched on it earlier, but internal motivation versus external motivation, I think that comes into play so well with what you're saying there. You know, marketing is uh, external stimuli, right? And we tend to Glob, we all tend to, it's human nature to glob onto the wonderfulness of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. But when you declutter and when you really get, and you and when you use decluttering as a means to really get in touch with your inner voice, the inner, you know, morals that you have within you, it makes those external cues, those external sounds, voices, coaxings so much easier to say no thank you mm -hmm. yeah definitely mm -hmm. I think that the mindset shift because that's something for me that that's the main thing I carry with me like whenever I'm decluttering or maybe something doesn't look like I think it should like like the minimalist home like knowing that I'm not doing it for the sake of having a home that's Instagrammable. I'm not even on Instagram. I I'm doing it so that I'm like reducing my footprint and that I am like 
reducing the impact on my wallet. Like I'm doing it for those things. Is there, I'm curious, is there anything you find, like what's a big mistake people start make when they start decluttering that they think might be sustainable, but actually isn't? Well, that's a great question. I'm going to answer it in one second, but just going back to what you said with regard to, you know, you're doing it for you. Mm -hmm. If you were doing it to have the Instagram worthy home, if you were doing it for that external validation, you'd never be satisfied, right? Because we're Mm -hmm. constantly bombarded with photos of more minimalist homes, uh, more (laughs) (laughs) clutter-free homes. So you're never going to be able to compete. But when you do it for Mm -hmm. yourself, that's where the the serenity comes from. Uh, But with regard to your question on what's a mistake people make, um, the number one biggest mistake people make is they declutter their homes. They put everything that no longer serves them in a trash bag and they stick it on the curb. And I say that's a big fat mistake because I'm willing to bet there's plenty of stuff in the bag or in the bags that can help other people out. I mean, yes, it all is going to go to the landfill someday, but if you pass your, I don't know, your perfectly working microwave, let's say, I don't know, microwave just came to my head, but if you give that microwave to somebody who needs a microwave, you're at least in theory preventing that person from purchasing a new microwave and um, using those resources, those planetary resources, in addition to their own, you know, financial resources to purchase it. And so I think mm-hmm. decluttering is in 2022 synonymous with tidying. And people don't realize often that when you declutter your home, the decluttering is hard. But what's also hard is finding worthy recipients for your stuff. That is takes just as long, in fact. And so I always recommend, like, if you're planning to declutter your, I don't know, attic on Saturday and Sunday, you take the following Saturday and Sunday. So you double the time and, uh, and to, to responsibly declutter, to responsibly pass on your stuff because it's mm-hmm. time consuming. You got to schlep stuff places. You got to call places. And so the work's not done when you decide what you're getting rid of. The work's done when the stuff is responsibly passed on. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Mm, I appreciate this so much. And you are identifying it does take extra time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest barriers for people. Mm -hmm. It's just easier to put it out in the trash and I never have to see it again. But I would also say, I think one of the things that is a barrier for people in even getting rid of things that they don't need is the reality that they remember spending money on that thing. And so there still is a value to it, sometimes an emotional attachment. So I would even encourage people to tap into that part of themselves in that kind of second process of now I've decided to get rid of it. And you can honor the the money and time that you spent acquiring that thing, holding on to that thing by finding a good home for that thing that isn't the landfill. So I 100% affirm what you're saying, Stephanie. It feels good to find a good home for things. And whether we're selling it, giving it away, the buy nothing group, the curb alert, like there's a place for that item to go. It might Mm -hmm. just take time. (laughs) Speaking of how we engage with our things, how we engage with others, how we keep this up in a sustainable way in our homes. You mentioned one of the first things that even got you into this lifestyle was people giving you things for your daughter and then realizing, I don't have space for this. <laughs> and that's kind of like the first <laughs> the first move into your aha moment. How have you maintained that now? What do boundaries look like in your life as it relates to others in order to kind of keep the home that you want that's good for you, that's good for the environment when you probably do have people in your life wanting to just give you things without asking? Mm-hmm. So yes, I get this question all the time. And my first caveat is to say I'm not perfect. My daughters are now eight and five and they love the little plastic trinkets. I swear they're just like little plastic trinket like magnets. And so it's a constant juggling act. But I will say that I believe that I am the gatekeeper of my home. I am the gatekeeper because I'm the one who's cleaning and tidying and maintaining it. I ultimately get to decide what comes in and what stays out generally. I mean, with I'm not completely authoritarian on it, but for the most part, with gifts and gifting, this is always a big one. Um, You know, the grandparents, especially. I'm lucky because I have a podcast about this. And so my in-laws and my parents are pretty darn good about listening to my wishes. But 
we're not buying all the things for my kids. My kids are so fortunate to have plenty of toys. They do not need toys for existing. They don't need gifts just because if they genuinely have a need, you know, we can talk about that, but I do not have a family where the grandparents come over and and bring stuff just because around the holidays, I am so on top of the holidays. I've already made <laughs> their like needed lists for the holidays. I pass those on uh, very early before, you know, my mom starts shopping in like, I don't know, August. So we, pa- we pass that on really mm-hmm. early and, you know, we infuse some fun in it as well, but the minimalist gifting strategy that I tend to follow and I suggest I nicely, I hope, suggest that my family follows is the want, need, read, share experience. So you get one like wanted item, but then you also get something they need, an experience you can do together. Usually my mom does like a cooking lesson with them, which they absolutely love. Um, An experience gift, which could be, you know, passes to the movies, passes to an aquarium. So it's not a thing and it's an experience. And then the share gift is usually something they can share. My kids are huge Lego fans. So it's usually like a Lego item and that's it. We don't have to go overboard just because our society reveres overconsumption. We can say that's an external value. It's not in line with who we are and it's not in line with who I want my children to become. Five's Mm -hmm. plenty. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love what's coming out of this. Mm. So many nuggets are apparent to me. First of all, oh, you know, we talked about boundaries. We could even interchange that word with parameters. You've described some really incredible boundaries and parameters that you utilize, that you give to others to utilize, that give space to play within. Like if we were to think about boundaries like fences, they're really great. I think sometimes we can shy away from that word like, oh, that's it's stringent, it's restrictive, but really fences and boundary lines show us the area that we can play within. And so you're giving that gift to somebody in a way of saying, here's the parameters, here's the fences, here's the boundary lines that we can live and operate within that are going to be really workable for us. And we're going to be grateful to you for living and playing with, with us within those boundary lines. And so the the parameters of something, something shared, so, an experience, something you want, something you need, that's beautiful. That doesn't have to be a prescriptive list for everybody, but it can give that the creative juices for what can this look like. And then this piece of being proactive rather than reactionary, that you've done the work early on in the year. And it's not this last minute kind of day before the holiday or day before the birthday. Mm-hmm. You better not bring anything over <laughs> because no one likes to be surprised by that and thinking, I'm trying to be kind to you. And now all of a sudden you're slapping something that feels really restrictive on me versus having gotten ahead of it and saying, here's the best way that you can care for and be kind to us and our family. And and what can I do for you in return? Like there's so many things that you're saying here that I think are really tangible takeaway tips for us to be able to define in our own lives. Well, I'm really glad to help. And back with regard to your point about being proactive instead of reactionary, I've found through eight years of doing this that that is probably the number one most important thing. And not just with other people, right? But 
for myself, like a great example would be my five-year-old. She decided she wanted to do T-ball and I know my daughter pretty well. I didn't know if, you know, T-ball was going to be something that she stuck with. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, I have a ton of friends. Like I'm sure I can borrow somebody's glove, right? I don't need to buy a glove, but so that was me planning to be proactive, but life happened, life got in the way. And wouldn't you know, it's like three days before the first T-ball game and my daughter has no glove. And so I had to be reactive. I had to be reactionary. I had to go on Amazon, which I tried never to do and purchase a glove with the two-day shipping so that she wasn't, you know, woefully under unprepared for <laughs> T-ball. But so I do think it is about being proactive, looking ahead, staying two steps ahead as best you can. I mean, and it's life. Life throws curveballs all the time. Look at that reference there, curveball. That was really look good. Look at you, yes. that tie-in. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just keeping that in the back of your mind, like proactive over reactive whenever possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be perfect. Like you can host a podcast for five years or eight years and still there are sometimes we're going to have to buy something new. And I've, I felt like on a deep level, your, your gifts from, from family, like I, yeah, I wanted with my first child, I made so many mistakes trying to be like, I wanted not a lot of gifts and I wanted like secondhand gifts, but like, I couldn't put that on people who didn't understand like why I wanted or didn't like, weren't, responsible for the extra time it would take to be proactive instead of reactionary. And so I had to get creative with how I like requested gifts, like for my, like my baby shower or for Christmases and be like, okay, these are the things that I probably wouldn't buy used. So here's like, these are the gifts that we want or that we need. And um, so, yeah, now that I'm pregnant again, I'm like, should I, and I'm thinking about like doing a sprinkle, but like maybe it'll just be like diapers. Maybe just you get some like diapers for daycare because you can't do reusable there. And that'll be great. And and it'll be easy for people because they won't, (laughs) for some people, for some reason, telling somebody to get you something secondhand can be very difficult. Yeah. And so making it not as a imposition on the people around you that don't necessarily hold the same beliefs as you, but still having those boundaries. It's a definitely place and not like rejecting gifts because some people's love language is gift giving. My mom's love language is giving gifts. Um, And that was a mistake I made for a while, um, not letting her show love in that way. So it's like, it is this dance for sure. Yeah. I'm just thinking about your sprinkle. What if you know, instead of everybody buying the, I'm not sure if you're having a girl or a boy or if you're even, you even know, but I found in my own experience, I had two girls, everybody purchased a frilly dress for her, which Mm -hmm. was very nice, but extremely impractical. Everybody loves baby clothes. I'm sure it's the same for boys, like a cute little sailor outfit. But instead of like giving the guests carte blanche to buy whatever they want, which is likely going to be an outfit, maybe you suggest they bring like some diapers or a freezer meal, which is something super helpful for you. I'm sure once you give birth and you just take one of these items out of the freezer, put it in. And that is like such a, like a heart first gift, right? It's Mm -hmm. not going to a store. It's not like 
having a corporation solve a problem. It's them infusing love into a dish for you and your family. So just a thought. Also, Mm, I'm doing all the work in this. So I should get a gift of a <laughs> I like I, that for it yes. too. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm here for taking the moms this, whatever they need, yeah, including this champagne. This baby is doing very little to help. <laughs> Speaking of being proactive and not reactive, we prep our listeners and our guests every single week for this gem that is sticking around. Mm. It's sustainable. It's secondhand. It's Minimalist. It's secondhand. It's the bill of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills. Buffalo Bills, Bill Clinton, this is the Bill of the Week. Stephanie, every week without fail, we invite uh, a listener or our guest to share with us their bill for the week. And it's vague for a reason because it's open-ended and we'd love to hear yours. So I'm really excited for this because this is one of my biggest wins as a sustainable minimalist. In my town, we have to pay for garbage pickup. So you solicit quotes from the different garbage companies. You go with, it's private. It's, we're not, we don't pay for it in taxes. And so Mm -hmm. on garbage day, which is Friday, you have like 14 different trucks going by your house, but that's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have my bill here. It's $960 a year for trash pickup. And so uh, my husband and I, a couple of years back said, well, I mean, what if we just cut back on our trash production? If we cut back on how much trash we have, then we can maybe cut back on, you know, how many times a week, a month this garbage person comes and maybe we can reduce our bill. So sure enough, we decided instead of them coming every week, they were just going to come every other week. So we cut the bill in half to $480 a year. And that was like with very little effort, very little effort. I'll be honest. Like we started composting that took our trash from 100 to 50 very quickly. We just were more mindful about what we were throwing out, what we were bringing home. And so then after maybe about a year or so of that, we, I said to my husband, well, what do you think? Do you think we could go to once a month? And so we're, we just went to once a month about, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago. And it's definitely harder, but our bill, which started at $960 a year is now $240 a year, which with a savings of $720 a year. <laughs> oh, this is one of my favorite bills I've ever heard because I love the concept of paying for your own trash pickup because how, what else is going to motivate people to make less trash? And I love that this has happened in real life. It's always just been, been a concept in my head. And I love that you just said it in real life. Mm-hmm. 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 And this is where you, minimalism and sustainability pairs with frugality and it's mm-hmm. good for you and it's good for the planet and it's a good bill. <laughs> yep. 
Yes, I, because a bill of the year, right? You don't it's think your, about it's it. Your you, annual bill. <laughs> you pay for those dumps. Like you pay in your taxes, you pay for landfills. And if you if we could make fewer landfills, we would save money on that. But you don't realize it unless it's parsed out and you have to pay for it yourself. Yes. Um, Can I just say something on that? It's like couple things. Number one is when I sat down with the reality that we were paying $960 a year to cart away our junk, like that just felt wrong. Uh, nearly a thousand dollars a year to cart away trash. That, oof, that's a hard number to hit. But most of us don't think about that because it's just in our taxes, right? Uh, you put your stuff on the curb, out of sight, out of mind, you don't know where your stuff's going, but you also perhaps don't really care. So just a reminder to everybody, it's going somewhere and you are paying for it, whether you, you mm -hmm. know it or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, well done, Stephanie. This is so exciting. And it could be a whole other <laughs> episode <laughs> about how you reduce your waste in that regard. We did a a zero waste challenge in our private membership community. And it was one of my favorites just to get really tangible and connected to our consumption and our waste and finding creative ways to reduce that, which often meant that we're reducing various bills from grocery bills to trash bills to utility bill, you name it. Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah. Oh, and you're doing so well. I, I am at once a week and I can't imagine doing less than that and once a month wow <laughs> kudos so to you if you all listening have a similar bill if it has to do with the intersection of minimalism and frugality and lowering bills or, you know, any other kind of bill because we like it vague and we like to just bebop all over the map on this bill, this bill of the week, bill of the month, bill of the year. Visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. We are so excited to chomp our teeth into that one. I don't love creating my spending plan each month and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. 
Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. And now it's time for the lightning, the lightning round. round. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we never prepare anybody for the mid-show sound effects. <laughs> so it's always good to see how people react. Um, Usually so, it's laughter. Sometimes it's yeah. fear. <laughs> Sometimes, it Sometimes is it's fear. laughter because of fear. <laughs> Nervous laughter. Okay, so this week's lightning round question. What's something you've done in pursuit of minimalism or sustainability or both or just one that went horribly wrong and you will never do it again? Okay. Stephanie, you're first. Okay. Very obviously the safety razor. If you don't know what a safety razor is. Should I explain it? (laughs) Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a safety razor is a reusable razor. You replace the razor blade every four-ish days with a new razor blade. Uh, No plastic to see. It's for shaving your legs, whatever you shave. Um, I really wanted this to work for me in terms of sustainability. No plastic, no real trash. You send the dull blades back you know, nothing's going to the landfill, no plastic in sight. It sounded great. Oh, my legs, you guys, they are cut up, (laughs) cut up. (laughs) So we went back to the plastic razor in this house. (laughs) Oh man, Stephanie, (laughs) I feel like I can relate. And why is it these things that have to do with beauty, hygiene, care, health care, that we're willing to use ourselves as guinea pigs in this Mm -hmm. process. As I was considering this question, my answers were very much the same. They're a little bit more intimate than your example. And I'm like, I don't well, know what I for can it, share. Jill. Share Jen, with Jen us. Jen loves to use the lightning round as like vulnerability round. <laughs> and here you go. I have I have been on the journey of, and yeah, it's it's this category of feminine care and hygiene. So if that's if that's going to turn your stomach, then turn off this episode <laughs> of the podcast right now. <laughs> But it has to do with, well, here's the, just the list. I tried the <laughs> menstrual cup. That ended very poorly for me. Thankfully, it did end. Thankfully, it came to an end. <laughs> there was a moment there where I wasn't sure if it ever was going to end. It did, but never, ever again. I'm stuck in my ways, apparently. And that's it's not for me. I tried an at-home treatment of a yeast infection that involved garlic. That did not go so well. I didn't really totally know that uh, the garlic is not going to break down on its own, positioned where it was positioned, and that led to some terrifying bathroom experiences. I'm sorry, you guys. This is the vulnerability. And finally... This is far beyond where I thought it was going. Yeah. Well, read the outline, Jen. I did read. <laughs> At home, DIY bikini wax. I made my own wax. I was so proud of myself. Actually, the consistency was really decent. The strips that I used to try and put the wax on was an old T-shirt of my husband's that I cut up, right? Sustainable, frugal, 
eco-friendly. I thought I was on the right path, but his old t-shirt is quite stretchy, is not, it's more pliable than what you want with a waxing strip. You want it to be, you know, really solid and sturdy and not stretchy. So that, that didn't go well. But, you know, obviously I've got so many examples, like it's not kept me from stopping (laughs) to like trying these things on my own body. I'm my own guinea pig. Um, But none of the none of those things went well for me. (laughs) Those are all like like there's one thing to try on yourself, but then there's like trying very intimate things on yourself, which adds uh-huh. a whole nother layer to the mm-hmm. conversation. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All of all of those examples are like in a very specific area of one's body. And uh-huh. I'm just like, I'm just going for going it. For it. <laughs> yeah. But think of all no the successes fear. she's had on the regular parts of her body. <laughs> she, Every I other mean, part of my body, things very, seem to work out for me. Very successful. <laughs> so, yeah. Just think that. (laughs) Mine is so mundane. It's not even an actual like fail because I can't, I I don't do a lot of feminine hygiene (laughs) extras. Where there's a will, there's a way, Jen. So I want this lifestyle, but I don't want to pay for it. You do. Yeah. Right. And I'm in the midst of it. I've just given up. But also, I, I think I'm like, I'm blessed in that I don't have a lot of body hair, so I actually don't have to shave a lot. Mm. So that's just a, that's a unique gifting um, to where I have not had to try this stuff. But so we moved into a new house that does not recycle glass for some reason. Glass is just anything else they recycle. So we're like, like okay. your neighborhood doesn't recycle glass. Yeah, my glass. neighborhood, my, <laughs> yeah, my old neighborhood did. So we were like, okay, we're just going to save the glass. And we still own that house in the other neighborhood. And we'll just like save up the glass when we need. And then, you know, whenever, when it gets full, take it to the new house or the old house. And we did that. And I tried to move the bucket to take it over. And it was like, there was ants. We cleaned out these bottles and still ants covered. And I was like, I couldn't put the thing in my car. And I was like, how am I going to get this glass? And so I couldn't take it. Travis had to take it in his truck so it could be outside. And he just took it to his work. So with the infrequency with which we recycle glass, this method did not work for us. Yikes. You just need to rinse out your glass better, huh? But they they were rinsed. They were, you know, like prepped and ready to go. We did that recycling episode and I was like, okay, I know how to prep my glass uh-huh. for recycling. But for some reason, it wasn't enough. It wasn't oh, enough. Man. The ants and, uh, just the took ants up residence. Came. Or maybe it was just like one glass wasn't enough. And maybe they were all not. I don't know. I wasn't there. Like it was. It <laughs> they was, weren't consulting with you. No, they weren't consulting with me because it was there. It took like a few months to like fill it up. So, yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah, that was that was our fail. Much more benign. Wow. I hope you find a better solution, Jen. Now Travis just takes it to his work. We don't even let it fill up. He just takes it one at a time. Mm, I have a glass story if anybody wants to hear it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, When my one of my daughters was in preschool, 
I was a no plastic in the lunchbox mom. And so I packed her, I don't know, let's say pretzels in a repurposed glass jar, like a jam jar, put the pretzels in, stuck it in the lunchbox. She was eating them in the parking lot of the school, dropped the jar, got glass everywhere, cut her leg open. A car went over it. Like it was a hot mess. I got multiple scolding emails from the principal saying no more glass at this school or on the premises. <laughs> so yeah, no more glass, no more glass or on anyone ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no more smoking, no more drugs, no more glass. <laughs> Anywhere near this school. Anywhere near this elementary school. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We live and we learn. You do. We're all just living and learning, having and, fails along the way. And yes. laughing about them, right? Yes. That's yes. the best part. And so getting better laugh. and sticking with yes. it. Living through it. Really. Yes. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for hanging out with us today. Um, where can people find your podcast and find even more from you? My podcast is The Sustainable Minimalists. It's uh, top 10 home and garden along there with you guys. So, so happy to Yay. be up there with He's you. Hanging out. I know. Charts. <laughs> yeah. So, it's on the charts. <laughs> on the charts. On the iTunes charts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Sustainable Minimalist is the podcast. I'm on Instagram at Sustainable Minimalist. And there's also a book by the same name, Sustainable Minimalism, where we go into more depth about what we talked about today. So thank you so much for having me. This was a ton of fun. Yes. Oh, thanks, thanks for joining for being... us. Yes. This was a blast. Mm. Thank you, Stephanie. It was everything we wanted and more. And and we hope that's true for our listeners yeah. as well. It was just a fun, a, a fun topic to kind of geek out about and know that there you can prioritize. You don't there's like balance does not exist. Mm -hmm. Like you can't prioritize all three of these things at the same level. One may have to give. And so, but knowing that they are not competing against each other. While yeah. you can prioritize one over the other, they don't compete. Mm -hmm. And that was great to hear from Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just affirmation of, again, that that individualizing the way this can look for you. It doesn't have to look one way, even though influencers would love to make us think that yeah. we can find our own version of this in a mm -hmm. way that fits with our lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we talked about our Frugal Friends Club in the intro. And if you want to check that out, we would love to have you. We actually want to congratulate one of our members for a big win. This one's from Vanessa. She says, I actively look for uh, inexpensive or free events on Facebook and basically keep my account just for buy nothing groups and Facebook events. That is me. Sames. Uh, so today I went to an event organized by local real estate agents. Everything was free, but you had to bring a toy or food donation. And we gave two toys I had planned to give to my daughters, but changed my mind. They're not going to miss them. And they were happy to help other kids in need. They both received slime, candies, hot chocolate, hamburgers, even a pumpkin for free. And there was face painting artists who did an amazing job too. Then we were able to go to a you-pick farm uh, to avoid food waste. They had the public come pick up leftover veggies and you can keep as many veggies as you wanted as long as you were picking the same amount to take to a senior home. 
And because I hadn't gone grocery shopping, it was perfect timing. Came home with a huge bag of carrots, turnips, and kale. So shout out to Facebook events. I am here. Same story, Vanessa. Mm -hmm. I love Facebook events. We went to seven trunk or treats (laughs) for Halloween, all free, all from Facebook events. And uh, came home with bags of candy instead of bags of produce. Right. (laughs) But yes, I love the free events. And that was one of my biggest things when paying off debt is that I didn't want to just stay home all the time and not go out. I wanted to live life. And that's how I discovered Facebook events. You live life. You you are very good at keeping a pulse on what's happening in the community and curating it. I mean, there's always some stuff happening, but it's a matter of, is that going to be worth my while? You find the good stuff. And my goodness, Vanessa, this sounds like you this live is in a real really good. cool community. Yeah. But that's the thing. If we don't get out there and see what's happening, we miss like things like this, while very amazing, isn't necessarily just unique to where Vanessa lives. Like, there are amazing people all over the place doing really great things in their community. So thanks for reminding us of that. So glad it worked for you, Vanessa. Hope others listening can find similar and Join our club to learn more from our people in yeah. the membership. And we have big wins like this and, and member sharing tips all the time. So if you want to check them all out and see what monthly challenge we've got coming up next, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club to see what's going on. Mm, see you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. I must be in a different place now because I do remember saying to myself at one point, I will never share the story of my DIY yeast infection remedy. Much less to (laughs) thousands of people on this podcast. Yeah, mainly thinking of the podcast, but here I am. So Uh I must, you must have wore me down, Jen. You've demanded vulnerability from me and I have exploited my own vulnerability. It was more vulnerability than I required. (laughs) Uh, Is that called above and beyond? (laughs) No, you always tell me vulnerability without protection is exploitation. Uh Uh-huh. I think that's where we're at. I think we just witnessed it. No, I did not. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> and no one can protect and no, But nobody you. stopped you. And maybe that was where we fell short. <laughs> nobody stopped you. Yeah. And that's maybe yeah. how you were exploited today. Here we are. Um, you know, you, you all know everything now. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything I've withheld at no. this point. I think you guys know everything about Jill that... <laughs> yeah. that Eric and I know. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, join our Patreon. We do not talk about this (laughs) in the Patreon. So join it for that. Although, yeah, what am I saying? You're not going to get anything more. I gave you everything. If you ask in the bonus episode, (laughs) I guess we'll have to. Yeah, that's true. I guess we'll have to. Uh, Well, you did it. You wore me down. Here we are, episode 266. 
You dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.